0: Welcome to Books in the Freezer, a podcast dedicated to the deliciously disturbing world of horror fiction. I'm your host, Stephanie, and today I'm joined by the lovely Zena, who you may know from the Bloody Disgusting podcast or her YouTube channel, Real Queen of Horror. Today, we are talking about the Lois Duncan classic 1973 YA thriller, I Know What You Did Last Summer. So, Zena, welcome to the show.
1: Stephanie, hi. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs)
0: I am so happy to have you on we were talking about this before but I love your YouTube channel Real Queen of Horror Uh, so can you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do on there?
1: Of course and thank you so much for for watching I really appreciate it so uh, I decided about a year ago, almost two years ago now, whoa, that, um, you know, I wanted to start doing YouTube videos again. And basically, I really love lists and it kind of helps me keep track of like the different horror movies that I watch. So I'll have lists like top comedy horrors or type top nightclubs in horror or, you know, top pets in horror or furry friends. So just like different different, uh, different kind of listicles, you know, try to make it spicy and fun.
0: It is really fun. I also love lists. That's honestly probably where this podcast came from. It's like just my love of lists. That's awesome. <laughs> and I always love that, like, I think I know where your videos are going. And then you'll pull out, like, really obscure, like, um, like TV movies. And I'm like, I love that.
1: Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, I realized like when I was a kid, I used to watch like a lot of made for TV movies, you know, and it's it's so crazy, because sometimes it's like hard to find them nowadays, sometimes, but a lot of them are actually on like YouTube or Tubi, which is awesome. But yeah, you know, I try to, you know, have a have a list where it's like open to everyone, but perhaps there'll be uh, movies that you've seen on that list so even ones that that may be on your list to watch that you haven't got around to or ones that you didn't think that you needed but guess what <laughs> you do
0: you know <laughs> I think I also love the like I watch something and then you bring a movie up and I'm like oh yeah like that totally does fit in here you're right awesome <laughs> all right so today we're talking about Lois Duncan's I Know What You Did Last Summer so were you first aware of the book or the movie? The
1: movie. So even like when it first came out, what was it like 1997? The movie came out in 97. Um, I was 10. So it's just like I was like, oh, was a slasher movie, a man with a hook. Heck yeah. You know, that that really <laughs> excited me. And then when I found out um, as a teenager, late teenager, that
0: it's based off of a book. What about you? Um so the movie came out and I was aware of it. Um I did not wa- I was not allowed to watch it. I was 6. <laughs> <Aww. laughs> oh. <No. laughs> But I saw the little like paperback book in like the teen section out of Barnes and Noble. And I like remember grabbing it and just like hiding in a little corner and sitting there. And it's a very short book, like a very fast read. So I remember just like zipping right through it. And I remember even then being like, I don't know, the previews made it seem a little more crazy than this, <laughs> to be honest. So even not having seen the movie, I was like, I don't know. This seemed pretty tame.
1: Yeah, and it, it's 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 so surprising because um, I, I've, I've come across people who either like really love the book or they hate it. Like there's this kind of no in between. Um, I have to be honest with you. I don't really know where I stand. We were kind of talking about this before we started recording and I'm not too sure, you know? Like I didn't mind the book, but you know, I want it some blood like where is it
0: <laughs> so yeah it is interesting uh just the the complete different take on it yeah because as we'll get into it they're like honestly other than the person who they run over nobody dies in this in this book
1: <laughs> like at all so it's just it, i don't know like i was a little bit confused you know are you a
0: fan of the movie
1: I am, but I'm gonna be honest with you. When I was a kid, I wasn't crazy about it, which is like insane because I wanted to see it so bad, but I don't know, it didn't really click with me. And then I waited a couple of years and I watched it maybe like six, seven years ago. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. This is great stuff. And if there's actually some creepy scenes that I feel still hold up today.
0: Oh, absolutely. I feel like I got like a late start on my horror love because I grew up like really strict. So I feel like I hit a certain age where I'm like, I got to catch up on everything that I missed. And when I finally saw this, I felt like it held up or I mean, not held up to me, but I felt like, wow, this is a really good movie. I don't know what everyone is talking about. I love this movie. (laughs) It's
1: fun. And it's exactly, and it's fun. It's like a fun slasher. I love how they added in like that, hook legend you know urban legend and that just added a little spiciness to it because if it was just like a regular old fisherman it's like okay but why is he so obsessed with everybody you know so it's it's kind of fitting but i don't think i i caught that as a kid you know what i mean mm-hmm. i think i just wanted to see bodies for some reason
0: <laughs> i get you this episode is brought to you by libro fm Libro FM is the first and only company which lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 150,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a different story, one that supports community. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best, booksellers, I mean, and us. We also have a playlist on there full of books that have been recommended on this podcast. Books in the Freezer special offer, you get two audiobooks for the price of one, just $14.99, with your first month of membership using code FREEZERBOOK. This offer is valid for new members in Canada and the United States. Thank you, Libro FM, for supporting the show. All right, so let's get into what happens in this book. <laughs> so we open up on Julie, and she opens a letter that she's like, and real weird about and we discover that it says I know what you did last summer um, and she's spent the whole last year focusing on her studies like her mom notices that she's just like been really focused and just she got into like Smith College it's a big deal she broke up with Ray who we know went and spent the year in California um, so then she heads to Helen's apartment Barry comes over, too. She tells them both about the note, and Barry reassures them that if someone really did know something, they would go to the police instead of sending stupid notes, which is where they're wrong.
1: (laughs) (laughs) See, it it has the buildup of a horror movie. Yes.
0: Like, I'm getting... I know you, like, start reading it, and you're like, okay, okay. Because at this point... We, Yeah, we do know that it says, I know what you did last summer. At this point, we don't know what it is they did. So We get, like, different POV chapters from everyone, too. And we get, like, Barry's POV. And we know, like, he's in college. And he was going to break up with Helen uh, to hook up with college girls. But then, and this made me laugh. Because it's like, but then Helen had been handed the job as future star. It changed things. A guy would have to be nuts to throw over the Channel 5 future star. <laughs> But just said, like, with such seriousness, I'm like,
1: what? I mean, and and I get that it's the 70s, but you know something? And I know we're going to talk about it more, but have you noticed that Barry, he's just awful? Like, he's just an awful person. Like.
0: Absolutely. He has no redeeming qualities. He kind of comes through and does the bare minimum at the end. And we're supposed to be, like, okay with it. Um, yeah, we are in his POV. He is just straight up terrible. He doesn't care about Helen. Um, We learned that he was the one driving the car and that like it was his idea that nobody would say anything, which in the movie, I think it adds a little more nuance that Ray is the one driving um, because Barry was too drunk. So it's like they try to do the right thing and be more responsible. And it just like adds something else because I feel like, Barry is the problem. Just throw Barry under the bus.
1: I would tell. Like, I would the second they would have dropped me off home, I would have went to the police station.
0: And another thing is that this was written in the 70s, but a lot of her books, they went and, like, modernized several. So, like, yeah, I don't know if you noticed, like, she says she has, like, a webcast to do. Helen says that. And I'm like, yes, I actually relate to this now. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, in the book, we're told that Helen's looks are the best thing she has going for her and that she dropped out of high school uh, to follow this opportunity to be like the Channel 5 future star, which means she does like the weather and does like little right. segments. Um, but apparently it like pays enough for her to live in like this really nice apartment complex with like other college age students. And no one
1: sees anything wrong with that, like at all. It's just like, wow, Helen, like people see it as a normal thing.
0: Yeah, like, I was like, everyone's just, this is just fine? Okay. (laughs) Sure. So, Ray goes to visit Julie, and she lets him know right away that she's dating Bud, who recently served in the Army. Mm -hmm. Which I'm going to say up front, I just have age issues with this because they've been dating for a while. So, she's, like, 17, and this guy, do they ever say how old Bud is? Because he's supposed to be, like, in his 20s. Yeah,
1: they didn't say, but I assumed that he was still, like, 24 25
0: maybe the youngest
1: 23 but I still feel like
0: hey where's your mom like (laughs) no one cares once again but it's the 70s yeah it's like I guess a very 70s attitude because her mom is just like yeah like his bud coming over it was just so odd (laughs) so the next day helen is tanning at her apartment complex at the pool where she meets a new guy collingsworth collie wilson who just moved into the apartments so they start chatting it up and like all the other girls that live in the apartment complex are like really jealous that he's paying attention to helen and not to them but she's like don't worry i'm dating barry like she tells him The guy I go with goes to the U, which I remember like in my (laughs) Kindle, I wrote like a little note. I'm like, definitely the way normal teens talk today.
1: It's the (laughs) seventies.
0: The U. You can add all the webcasts you want. This is a very seventies book. Stop! You're just just like the guy I go with goes to the U. And also, I wanted to bring up this book is very vague in like like, where it's set. Because, like, Mm -hmm. Julie is going to Smith and Barry just goes to, like, the local U. (laughs) Like, we never get any... Any layout. Yeah. We know Ray went to California. And then I wrote specifically, because here, Helen tells Kali to be careful of this southwest sun that can get you if you're not used to it. So I was like...
1: Where? Where are Where are we?
0: Like, are we in Arizona? Because if someone goes to California,
1: but then wait, like, there's so many questions. See, that isn't how is it going to take place there? You know? Okay, all right. We're we're, <laughs> we're trying to piece it together.
0: Yeah, like I I just remember there was like several parts where I typed in my in Kindle on the notes. I'm like, where are we? <laughs> And I don't know if that was a thing in the 70s. Like, they just kind of had this happen in a vague any town USA kind of thing. Or, like, you know how sometimes young adult writers do that thing where they'll write a very plain protagonist so that people can, like, self-insert into that. So, like...
1: Yeah, that's what I kind of got with um, with Julie. You know, she didn't really seem like a great person anyway, just being honest with you. But it, she felt kind of... Uh... Like an open, generic type of character. Kind of just like the town, you know? It makes a lot of sense,
0: yeah. Julie, though, the moral backbone of this group of friends. (laughs) So maybe not the best person, but the best person of these four. Which is sad, but yeah. (laughs) So Helen goes to her apartment, and on her door, she finds a magazine cutout of a boy on a bicycle taped to her door. (sighs) And Ray receives a newspaper clipping about the incident. So now at this point, they're finally like, "Okay, we are being targeted. Someone does know what we did last summer. They know. Whoever it is, they do know. Yeah. What it is we did last summer. Uh, There's like a small little side part where like Ray and Julie look into Helen's jealous sister as a possible culprit. And that ends up being a red herring. Which, like, I feel like they did her real dirty in the book. Like, she's just, like, this gross, jealous. <laughs> yeah, like, she, she's just all bitter and stuff. It's just like, mm. Let me see. Who plays her in the movie? Yeah, she looks familiar. Bridget Wilson Sampras? Is that her? Yeah, she plays Veronica and Billy Madison. But, um, like, they still have that dynamic in the movie And I mean, I guess in the movie, the sister gets to even be a little more smug because in the movie, like, Helen doesn't get to realize her dreams. Like, she kind of comes back home with her tail between her legs and she's, like, working at the family store. Yeah. Um, But even with this, with Helen in this story being successful and getting what she wants and her sister being mean, and we see, like, several flashbacks of her, like, telling Julie that Helen's clothes are, like, from the thrift store And when Helen finally gets her, like, really cool apartment, then all of a sudden her sister wants to, like, move in with her because we know that they're a poorer family with a lot of kids. And it's just, like, not the best living situation. (laughs) And Helen's like, no, thanks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If that was my sister, I would still move in anyway. That would just be me. You just go to visit. You spend the night. You never go home.
0: (laughs) You can't get rid of me. (laughs) Then the the one big thing happened. So on Memorial Day, Barry gets a call on his dorm floor from someone who says they have photographic evidence of the car that hit David's bicycle. We don't know this at the time. We don't know what the call is. We know that he goes to the dorm floor, answers the phone, and he thinks it's Helen. Yeah. So Barry meets this person at an athletic field, and he is shot in the stomach by an unknown person. And the sound of the gunshots is like muffled with all the sounds of all the fireworks that are going on. So this was like a planned, a planned incident. Um, so he's in the hospital. So Helen and Collie go together to visit him at the hospital. And Barry's parents are so mean to her. <laughs> I mean, because she moved on. And she's,
1: <laughs> well, not really. She, they're still together. But you know, you're showing up with a dude. and plus it's Helen you know sometimes Helen wasn't just she wasn't very likable in their defense
0: no and I I felt bad yeah because her personality honestly was that she loved Barry and like a lot of her POV was how much she was changing herself for him and like we get Barry talking about how he likes that Helen isn't needy and then we get like Helen's POV of like I wish I could ask him more things and be more needy but I can't because he likes that I'm not needy But yeah, so she goes and she wants to see him and his parents are like, who are you? Like, no, he's not seeing anybody. Barry isn't telling anyone what happened. So he also tells his parents that he was taking a call from Helen. So they think Helen is the reason that he's in the hospital. Yeah. Aside from them just not letting her see him, they think that she's the reason this happened to him. They think she had something to do with this. So they are just like extra rude to her. So Julie and Ray meet to discuss the shooting and they decide to visit David's parents to see if they know anything. They go and pretend to have car trouble. Uh, Megan, David's sister, lets them in. Ray goes into the hallway. He pretends to make a call. Julie talks to Megan, uh, She tells Julie their mother had a breakdown following David's death and was sent to a hospital in Las Lunas. Again, like, where? (laughs) Yeah, so I'm just... (laughs) It's just a very vague southwestern-sounding town. Like, it definitely sounds like a town that's in, like, California or Arizona or, like, New Mexico.
1: Yeah, that's the the vibe that I was getting. And and apparently, I guess Las Lunas must be pretty
0: far, too, you know?
1: Must be pretty exotic
0: or something. I don't know. (laughs) Um, and their father moved there to be close to her. So, so that's all we know about considering their family situation. And then when Ray and Julie leave, Julie tells Ray that like you know, like the parents aren't there. The sister like doesn't seem to have any clue what happened. So this is a dead end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray sneaks into the hospital to see Barry and try to get information on the situation. Barry lies and says he was mugged. So that's what Ray tells Julie. That's just the story, what everyone has at this point. Because Barry is terrible. Like, what reason does he have to lie? Especially
1: to to these, to his friends who know what's going on. So his parents fine, you know? But at this point, it's just you're making it messy, Barry.
0: So messy. And then Julie and Ray have a lot of tension. They have a lot of unresolved tension from their breakup. And like, she starts talking about how she wanted to tell Barry was drinking, he was the one driving. Like again, like I said, in this scenario, this is just completely his fault. And he is the one who tells everyone they shouldn't tell. And Helen, because she loves him, also agrees that nobody should tell anything because she doesn't want Barry to get in trouble. Right. So he's just just terrible from start to finish. And, like, Ray tries to be like, well, I don't know what would happen if I would have been the one driving. And she's like, I think you would have stopped. Like, I think you're a good person.
1: No, he's not. Okay, I'm sorry. Go
0: ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that voice that you did. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we learned, like, Barry was super angry because he thought like where he was shot he might not be able to walk again or play sports but he finally gets the good news that it seems like he will be able to walk again and so then he finally decides to do a good thing and call Helen and warn her that someone is after him you know the bare minimum (laughs) because he got his good news so he feel like now he can tell people okay yeah So he tries to warn her that she's in danger, but she's out and misses the call. Because again, this is the 70s. (laughs) She comes home to find Collie in her apartment, who who then explains that he was David's older half-brother, and he he shot shot Barry in revenge. revenge. He says he 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 figured out by asking who sent the yellow roses to to his family. family. It It was was Julie. And And then then when Julie went straight to Helen's apartment after he sent the note, he tied them to the crime scene. How? So
1: Helen <laughs> like Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just like how? Like
0: He's like I used my Sherlockian detective skills and I realized <laughs> that if I upset your friend and sent her an upsetting note and then she went to you, you are also a part of this. I don't know. So she finally figures out like I'm in danger. Um she locks herself in the bathroom he is trying to take the door off its hinges again like this could be a good like horror scene um and she like escapes out the window and like as you're reading it you think like oh she died because it's a multiple story right fall a two-story fall we just hear that she jumped and then it goes on to the next chapter um we know julie has a date with bud but julie's mom has a strange feeling and asks julie to stay home which she does Bud comes for the date and asks if she can at least walk to his car with him. No. (laughs) I know. she.
1: she It happens, but go ahead.
0: He tells her his younger brother used to call him Bud since he couldn't pronounce (laughs) Collingsworth. He reveals that he knows she was involved in the hit and run and begins to strangle her.
1: Right outside,
0: like (laughs) outside her house. house. Outside (laughs)
1: her house. house. He didn't try to take her in the car. He didn't try to like drive away. It was just like out. Okay, I'm sorry. You go
0: ahead. Literally, like her mom saw him. She knows who he is. Like she might not know his name, but she can definitely ID him. I'm sure she knows like the area where she lives. Like I'm sure she knows something about him. Uh, But Ray, having received that call from Barry, telling them that they were in danger, appears and knocks Collingsworth unconscious with a flashlight. Okay. Ray Ray to the rescue. Yeah. The police arrive because Helen sent them to Julie's house. Julie and Ray agree to confess what they did last summer.
1: I mean, I think that they should just blame Barry. (laughs) Like, he threatened us. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and I think, like, when they get through and get through the specifics of who did what, I mean, that will come out. It's, I think, that Barry went to jail. Like, that's <laughs> so. My a friend, like, ex co host, um, read this book and she hated how much of this book was about Julie and Ray like the last sentence in the book was like and then I saw those green eyes and like I knew everything was gonna be okay I thought
1: that was like you know Lois trying (laughs) to have them have like a happy ending but I just don't think that they deserve a happy ending after what they did it's like you kind of don't they they never really pay for it
0: well they're gonna confess so I guess like you think maybe there's gonna be something probably community service but barry comes from money like nothing is gonna happen nothing would have happened to him if they had come forward he was driving drunk like he would have gotten a slap on the wrist like we know that his family is like very well known very popular in the town very well off Like, he had, like, some kind of sports scholarship. Nothing is happening to him. Nothing. And honestly, that, and then that makes a lot of sense, too, as to
1: why Barry's parents didn't care for Helen, you know? Even if she is Channel 5's news glamour girl, you know, it's, yeah. She's still kind of, I guess, a lower class in their eyes.
0: Yeah, she's not the type of girl they wanted for Barry, who's got high standards. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah so i mean that's essentially the book it's a very very short book it is
1: and, a, and again it's more of a it's more of a thriller you know going in because i watched the you know i watched the movie first um i didn't know about the the book you know but i watched the movie first and so i i kind of went in reading like thinking that it was going to be more at least like I expected somebody was gonna die except you know besides from the the kid, you know at least one person or some bruises, something you know, <laughs> so um it was kind of surprising that it was more suspenseful, but then when I think about it with some of the books that I've read from Lois Duncan, it is more thriller suspense, yeah. um. So yeah, like, not that it's a bad thing. You know, I'm kind of curious too. I think that if they would have stuck to it being, you know, more of a thriller with the movie, I don't think it would have been as popular, you know? Uh So it seemed like that one could have been even a made-for-TV movie.
0: It could have been, yeah, if it was like a straight adaptation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just wrote down question my biggest question I think reading this I was like where are we where is this book set like I I wrote down like clues I'm like if Ray goes to California and Helen says there's a southwest sun and Julie's going to the east coast like I'm like drawing a little map like where are we Uh, because the movie is set in North Carolina Mm -hmm. and I think it very much Fits. It adds a lot. You know, they have like their local urban legend. They have the like fisherman motif that like kind of comes in and out and then comes back with like the hook handed killer. Like it all connects. And I... I liked what they did with it. And I thought it added a lot to give it like, this is where we are. This is where this is set. And all these things contribute to this setting. Right,
1: right. <laughs> Same. And it's just like, you know, I, I love a horror that takes place in like a smaller town, you know, because even with that, it's like, regardless, even though they have to go on, move on with their lives, they still have to come back home. You know what I mean? And so y- you're back to that small town. You ready like, they most likely would have to travel in the movie that same road you know what I mean so I kind of like that part about it but with this one though or with the book it was kind of hard to and maybe because I'm kind of tainted because I watched the movie it's it was hard to kind of match like the location it was even hard to match um, the characters you know with the actors and I kind of feel like they're like I mean clearly they're separate you know like I couldn't see the same characters or even like the same locations you know
0: Yeah, I couldn't either. Um, Well, because, like, especially Julie, we, like, learn up front is a redhead. (laughs) Like, just, like, little things like that. Uh, Personality-wise, I guess I kind of see it. Like, I think Ryan Phillippe does a good, like... He's the best at being a
1: jerk. Yeah, he did a great job. (laughs) And, you know, I I like the way uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar played Helen. I thought that she did a great job. Like, she fit the character.
0: I think so, too. So I do have to ask, when did you see the ending coming? When did you catch the big twist?
1: Um, for for with the movie or with, with the, the book? book? Um, I want to say when... This is going to sound messed up. <laughs> but when, when Helen meets Colin, you know? Because it's just <laughs> like, again, out of everybody in the whole world, at this particular moment, you know? And then it just seemed like, okay... He's new, like, well, like what we talked about, he's new. And how come we're not meeting anybody else? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you, cause they're no longer in, in, in high school, you know what I mean? And she's an adult and stuff or an adult, you know, freely, but it's just kind of like, okay, um,
0: where are your fancy news friends? And you know what I mean? Like your coworkers, where is that? Yeah. There's, there's hardly any extended cast in this at all. Um. Yeah, I caught on right away when she meets Kali and he's just like singles her out at the pool and immediately starts talking to her. And I'm like, well, that's the killer. I will say I didn't connect it to Bud. Right. Because like he's mostly mentioned, he never really gets any speaking lines like he's never in a scene. It's more that like Julie talks about him.
1: And it's weird, too, because, OK, I, I didn't connect that neither with Julie, but I didn't also see him being like his brother. You know, I just thought, okay, this is prob- probably, is he going to, are they going to do what they did with the sequel? And they say that that's their, you know, he's his son. But then it's just like, no, because they did say that the, the dad is in Las Lunas. But even with that, is he really in Las Lunas? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. And then even I, I say that because I was thinking about, um, the sequel today because they kind of tell us well the sequel with the movie they kind of tell us who the killer is already and yeah you know um <laughs> this is gonna sound messed up so like okay he's known as you know in in the movie Ben Wilson that's the killer who just so happens to be the Hulk killer right and who cares he's a killer it doesn't matter that you hit him and almost killed him you're doing right right but then in the sequel we find out that his he has a son, and so his name is Will Benson. So he's Will's <laughs> Will Benson's son, you know. So, but I don't know. But I'm just being nerdy. But yeah, like that just kind of like popped up in my brain.
0: I remember when they revealed that in the second movie, and I was like, I love and hate that at the same time. <laughs> yeah,
1: but it's it's kind of. Um, I think that they could have did that in. In the first one, you know? Yeah. You know, and, and I actually do think that it is more hurtful that it was a kid that died, you know, very traumatic. Like, couldn't I don't have any kids, but I couldn't imagine, you know what I mean? And then especially with these these friends, like, they're keeping this secret, you know what I mean? And you actually took someone's life. And not saying it makes it better if it was a grown man, but like I said, you know, in the movie, it was kind of better because, you know, he was a killer, so...
0: Yeah, I will say that's one thing that the book it's it's this very traumatic incident of they kill this like eight ten 10 year old boy who's like coming home on his bike, didn't have reflective gear and they, you know, hit him and kill killed him. And uh, because they didn't have cell phones, despite them trying to trick us, this is the 70s. (laughs) (laughs) They did. They really did. You know, (laughs) in and so they can't make they can't call for an ambulance until they're home
1: which is fine like i would rather them just if it was made in the 70s just let us stay in the 70s
0: i agree another thing they changed was like bud was supposed to have come back from vietnam (laughs) and um like there was supposed to be like a vietnam protest and in the book it's just like they were protesting or it was just like a war protest just so generic
1: (laughs) but it works you know we didn't ask any i mean i didn't ask any questions (laughs) i just went with it See, but now it's like I feel like you kind of have like that third eye where you're kind of, not intentionally, you're kind of like comparing it to the book and vice
0: versa. Oh, definitely. Okay, so I was reading on the Wikipedia and I thought this was so wild. Do you know what the like idea was that sparked this story? No. You have to tell me. (laughs) Why?
1: You're smiling. Okay, tell me.
0: (laughs) Um... Like, Lois Duncan's daughter was, like, on the phone with a boyfriend, and she just had the idea, like, what if two girls were, like, kind of dating the same guy, and they didn't know it? That was the starting point. Not, like, the hit and run. Not, like, (laughs) all of this book. It was all based around the twist of Bud and Kali being the same person.
1: (laughs) That's pretty awesome, though. That's some skills. We have to give... Lois some props because she built that off of that like yeah I would think that the the hit and run would have came
0: first like I'm like there's some big questions being asked I'm like ethical what would you do we're talking about guilt we're talking about privilege we're talking about all of this stuff and classism and we started with (laughs) uh what if two girls were dating the same guy man
1: okay (laughs) now I'm looking at this different
0: oh man well speaking of the romantic relationships in the story what do we think uh do we think they're gonna survive barry and helen and uh ray and julie the soulmates that they are
1: okay <laughs> <laughs> so barry and helen no because i okay there's a lot of reasons why and i i was gonna joke around and stuff but i'm gonna be serious Helen isn't being herself. You know what I mean? So it's just like she's mm-hmm. not being herself. You cannot keep that up forever. She could, but then she would ultimately become bitter and just end up resenting him. And he's going to end up cheating on her anyway, okay? So that's like, that's going to happen. Julie and Ray, uh, maybe, and I know it's like we talked about that last line, <laughs> you know, in the book, <laughs> but I don't know. It just seems more they actually seem like they actually like each other. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I I have high hopes for them. Maybe it's because I'm also like tainted because of the movie, you know, like root for them, you know, but I don't know. I, I kind of feel like they would be more
0: together than Helen and good old Barry. I think so too. Uh, So something we talked about before we started recording is, uh, Lois Duncan's thoughts on the adaptation. (laughs) (laughs) So here's what I have from the Wikipedia. It says, Although the film retained the same premise as the novel, the story was re-envisioned as a slasher film with four friends being hunted by a hook-wielding killer. In addition to featuring the deaths of several characters, unlike the novel, the film depicts the friends as accidentally running over a fisherman who secretly survives the hit and run and is ultimately revealed as the killer. Duncan was critical of the adaptation, stating in a 2002 interview that she was appalled that her story was turned into a slasher film. The film was met with mixed reviews, but was a commercial success and spawned a film series consisting of a direct sequel in 1998 and a third film in 2006. I'm sorry, Lois. (laughs) Lois did not like the movie at all. She hated it. She's not a Ryan Phillippe fan.
1: She's not. I mean, but he was a great Barry. He was a great Barry. But, you know, I, I I guess... Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, well, I guess I get it because it is her creation and maybe that's not how she envisioned it and she's not like a slasher
0: woman. Okay. Well, they didn't have her whole basis for writing the book. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't. They missed that big point right there. Maybe they would have added that. She's like, I had one like big thing that I wanted in this story and that is for two people to be talking to the same guy (laughs) yeah I don't know I I am gonna say this is for me a rare instance where the movie exceeds the book I think they took what they had and they improved upon it um like we talked about earlier giving it like a set location little character changes that they made Like, I like that we are dealing with a dejected Helen who's like coming back, and it's a little more sad. Like, you feel a little more sorry for her as a character, and like their whole friend group dynamic is different. Like, none of them are really hanging out anymore. And like, Ray is working as a, a fisherman now because, like, that's just what he's doing. Like Barry, of course, like has money. He doesn't have to really think about anything. Um, And yeah, I think like with making Ray the one who's driving, it doesn't make Barry the easy villain that he is in the book.
1: <laughs> I, I kind of like that as well. I like the fact that kind of like what you were saying earlier that, you know, these kids seem responsible, you know, they went there as a group. You know, Barry was, he clearly, he cannot drive. We know this. So then okay, we're gonna do the right thing. But then somehow it's just like it's it's really crazy, too, how I'm kind of I'm kind of curious to see even with this remake, you know, or series. How that's going to go, because it's like, OK, let's just let's let's talk about this. If you were with your friends and say something like that happened and they're like, there's like, say, one of them at first. Well, yeah, we'll say one of them at first. It's just like, hey, let's just leave, you know. Let's dump the body. That sounds insane. (laughs) You know, no matter, no matter what age you are, you know what I mean? So it's just kind of like, I feel like that person would be outnumbered, like
0: regard, like, I don't know, because even I think, yeah, I just feel like in these scenarios, that person is always telling them what they have to lose. So like, it's always like graduation night. And it's always like, you have this opportunity, you have this scholarship, you have this, and they always say, like, you're going to lose everything if we all go forward. You know, like that person has to.
1: <laughs> right. And I mean, that's that's how I would feel. I I, I would just be like, well, I guess we're going to find out, you know, <laughs> because there's no way that you could like seriously, like the guilt just eats at you. Imagine five years from now. You know what I mean? Are you going to be cool with that? Like, I don't know. So that's what I mean. I'm curious to see how they're going to work it out, because even with that in the In the movie with Julie and Helen, they kind of wanted to come forward, you know? So it's kind of like, you know, not saying that they were doing this, but were they doing that because they're, they're women? And it's just like, yeah, let's do that, you know? And it's just like, okay. But now it's just like a lot more women these days are not saying that they weren't, but they're more assertive where it's just like, no, this is what we're going to do. Like, I'm not listening to you, you know? So (laughs) I don't know. I I just, I kind of, I'm kind of curious about that, but you are right though. That is something that they always bring up that they think about all the things that they could like lose. So.
0: Yeah. So I don't know if people listening know that there's an upcoming adaptation on prime. It's supposed to be a series coming out i think from what i saw so far on imdb like july it's slated for and like i looked and it seemed like mostly female so it looks like it's going to be kind of a different take on it which i'm really interested in
1: me too me too and um i know uh what's her name madison um madison Isman, is she it? i thought i heard heard news of that but um yeah, ne- never mind, never mind. Because I was trying to pull up IMDb, but sometimes they're not always reliable. Um, <laughs> well, they're always saying that she's going to be in one episode, but she was um, she was in Jumanji, uh, the one from two thousand and seventeen, um, and the one from two thousand and nineteen. She was also in Annabelle Comes Home, uh, so I really like her a lot. So I'm I'm curious to see. Like, I-, I love the fact that it is a lot of women in this. So I'm curious to see what they're going to do.
0: Yeah. And like how they update it. Because I mean, this is a day and age where everyone has cell phones. You know, like, how is the new technology? How are they going to redo everything to kind of be in with technology and right around that? And... I don't know. I'm going in optimistic. Like, I don't know about you. I loved the MTV scream series.
1: You know what? I had fun with that one. I've, yeah. I wasn't like crazy. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you with the first season. The second season was pretty cool. I didn't want, wasn't there a third season? I don't know if I watched it or not. I
0: I didn't finish it. I started it and I wasn't a huge fan of it.
1: But I think that it's fun, you know, and it's, when it comes to slashers, you know, you always want that high energy. It sucks when you get attached to a character and the character dies, but that proves that you enjoy the series if you feel attached, mm-hmm. so, and, yeah. you know, with these uh, women being in, in the new one, it's kind of giving me pretty little liar vibes, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah that could be
0: it's fun a pretty little <laughs> Who is A? I did and you know it does have the similar like they are being hunted by something they did and like guilt and they know something and that again a good way to incorporate technology and like being sent mysterious texts yeah maybe instead of getting letters they're gonna get just they're all gonna get texts at the same time and open their phones and it's gonna say i know what you did I have to be honest with
1: you. If I ever received something like that, I would just ignore it. And then, I, and then personally, I would leave. You know, like just go back wherever you came from. Los Lunas, the you. I don't know. Just leave, you know? Then they can't find you. And it's the same thing even with Pretty Little Liars. I would have left and left my phone behind. So that's another story for another time.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, wrapping up this conversation I like to ask every guest who comes on what is a chilling obsession what's something you've been enjoying in horror lately ooh okay um man what have i been
1: enjoy- oh my gosh okay well i recently watched this movie called within from 2016 on hbo max and The premise seems very familiar. It's about this family who moves into this new house and their neighborhood, you know, well, their neighborhood is really nice. But they the teenage daughter named Hannah, she finds out from these neighborhood kids that she's living in the creepy house that the people before who moved there uh, before they moved in the family before they were actually murdered in the house. Then there was another family that lived there previously. They disappeared. So it's like, it sounds very familiar. And at first I thought it was going to be kind of like a lifetime thriller type of movie. Cause it had that vibe, like that made for TV vibe. But, uh, Gary Doberman, he actually wrote this and he's the one that's behind it, like the remake of it, it too, the nun, um, all the Annabelle movies. So I really like him a lot. That's my point. But the movie went in a different direction than I, than I thought, Okay. There are some traditional tropes that you see in horror, but there's also something, and I, I won't spoil it, even though it was made in 2016, that's very um out of the ordinary for me. I didn't see it coming, like at all. Oh. And it's like, I desperately just want to tell people, you know, Um, and I'm not saying this movie is perfect. But since I watched it, I watched it on Saturday night and then I watched it again last night because I needed some joy in my life, you know. I'm going to have to check that out. Did that just get added? I think so because I didn't I didn't see it before. And um again, like I said, like it's it's I guess what I found really intriguing and I think it might be on Hulu too. But what I found really intriguing is that you think you know where it's going to go and even with the ending, you think you know what's going to happen, but surprise. So, it was just it was a, it was like very pleasant actually.
0: Oh, I love when that happens. All right. And then as is Books in the Freezer tradition, we also ask every guest for a final girl song.
1: Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, I have a perfect one. So it could be like any song. Yeah. Any song at all. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, you just said that. Well, let me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so annoying. Okay. You are not. You are so nice to me. Thank you so much. There's actually a um a song that's in that movie within and it's just perfection. So, it is called Dead Sea Empire. Well, it's by Dead Sea Empire and sea. it's called Are You Alone
0: Now. Ooh. Ooh, so what are the vibes it's bringing?
1: Okay, it's very um it's it's alternative, but there's just it, it just does something to my soul. Like when I heard that song, I it was just like a, like a gasp. Like, who is this? You know, and I desperately had to take out my phone and find the song immediately. And it's added, you know, in my playlist. And also I sent it to everybody that I know because <laughs> they need to enjoy this beautiful song.
0: Uh, well, I will add it to the spotify playlist so that everyone that follows it can also listen to this song (laughs) and be blessed be blessed with it thank you be blessed all right well thank you so much for coming on with me and talking about this book uh Where can people find you online?
1: Well, thank you. Thank you again. I had so much fun. Uh, So you guys can find me at realqueenofhorror.com. I'm also on YouTube. You just type in hora, And then I'm forever on Twitter, lovely Xena. And then I'm on Instagram and Facebook. And that's
0: just hora. All right. Well, people will do that again. Thank you so much for (laughs) coming on and chatting with me. Thank you. Books in the Freezer is a bi-weekly podcast. We post episodes every other Tuesday. You can find us on Twitter at Books Freezer Pod, on Instagram at Books in the Freezer, and Facebook at Facebook.com slash Books in the Freezer. There is also a Facebook group you can join if you'd like to do that. And you can send us an email at booksinthefreezer at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash books in the freezer. There's a one, three, and a $5 level. And a lot of great things are included in that like early episode release. So listening on a Sunday instead of a Tuesday when the episode drops or learning who's going to be on an episode before the episode is recorded and getting to ask questions and... We've been doing movie nights with Shudder, so the last one we did was The Dark and The Wicked, and it was, for me, a very stressful viewing experience, but it was fun because I was stressed out with other people, and we were just all stressed out together, so... It was fun. Um, There's like Voxer group chats and my husband and I just wrapped up a whole bonus series of episodes um, that are all about Stephen King's The Stand and the CBS series. And we are now starting on Bram Stoker's Dracula, which he has never read before and possibly like going through and doing an adaptation or two of that and kind of seeing how they compare. So those will be coming at that $5 level. You can access like all bonus episodes ever so like the whole stephen king the stand series that we just did so if any of that sounds interesting to you at all that's all on patreon um so you can like i said go to patreon.com books in the freezer to check that out um, another way to support the podcast is to use our amazon link so in the show notes it's there you just click it it takes you to amazon you do your normal amazon shopping like you would normally do Uh, Most interesting thing purchased using the affiliate link this week was a 60-minute visual timer. It says it's for classrooms, uh, but also has a little side note for adults um, with time management, which I feel like I need. I know there's a lot of apps that, I mean, you could use the timer app, and I know there's like specific apps you can download to help you with time management, but I feel like I really need this specific like fuchsia big clock. Um, So anyway, whoever purchased that, I hope that is working out for you and thank you for using the link. But you don't have to spend any money to support the podcast. There are so many ways to show your support. Sharing on social media when episodes drop is huge. Leaving a review on a place like Apple Podcasts is also very big and very helpful for like small indie podcasts like this one. And a big thank you to all of you listeners who have already taken the time to do that. I very much appreciate it. And I actually have a new review here. Um, it's five stars titled bloody brilliant one of my favorite horror book podcasts found so many great horror books through the pod thank you and that is from met clubber via apple podcast saudi arabia so thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for leaving me that lovely review i'm so glad you were able to find some good books through the show that is what it's here for so i'm always happy to hear that and as always i am stephanie you can find me on twitter at lady underscore Ganya, that's l-a-d-y underscore g-a-g-n-o-n or on instagram at that's what she read and that's that's with two a's thank you so much for listening and see you next time on books in the freezer